When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Raise Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and we've got a really great show today. Ian Malinowski will be joining in just a little bit. I talked to him about uh, the Rays pitching staff and some questions about potential overuse of Rays relievers. There are currently 14 Rays players on or 14 Rays pitchers on the injured list. We talk about why that is, why that number is so high, and maybe some underlying issues. There was a lot of discussion on Twitter, and there was an article put out by Tom Verducci, a lot of discussion based on uh, a lot of claims that when I saw them on Twitter, I thought, well, there's not really a whole lot of hard evidence to back this up when people are claiming that on a field level, the Rays are overusing and not really prioritizing the health and safety of their pitchers, uh, those are really dangerous claims, and we kind of dig into why they might have been made. And I do really think that's an important discussion to be had. But if you're going to make those claims, you have to have some sort of evidence to back it up. And in earlier years, some of that evidence might exist for the Rays pitching staff. So we kind of tease something that Ian's working on. He's doing a lot of research on that, and we might see a an article or a series of articles on D-Rays Bay in the near future regarding that. We also just talk about the construction of the pitching staff in the month of September once rosters expand. Again, they're expanding to 28, not 40-man rosters like it used to happen in the last month of the regular season, so the Rays get a chance to add two, and there's going to be a bit of a roster crunch there still as they bring back pitchers from the injured list and try to bring up David Robertson, their most recent signing uh, to, to pitch on the big league roster this month. So running through the results from the last week, the Rays, uh, <laughs> just they won every game they played this week. They had two against Philly, two off days this week, which I think really helped the pitching staff kind of reset, go for that interleague series, and Philly get two wins there, one of them coming against Zach Wheeler, who is probably the favorite to win the National League Cy Young at this point. I know Corbin Burns is up there. DeGrom would have won it had he not been hurt. Um, and, and Wheeler has just been absolutely incredible. You see Girardi leave him in that game for way too long. And the Rays, I kind of want to say the Rays steal a win there. They put up a couple runs on Wheeler in the middle innings, got one on the eighth. And then ultimately Wheeler was sent back out there for the ninth. Um, and, and the Rays took the lead. Uh, Francisco Mejia had a huge three-run home run, and they win that game and sweep that two-game series against Philadelphia. You had a pretty solid outing from Ryan Yarbrough going four innings and only giving up 200 runs. It wasn't his best night, but he definitely kept the Rays in the game. Then you get good outings out of guys like Sean Armstrong and Colin McHugh. Uh, you go into Baltimore, and the story between the Rays and Baltimore this year has just been completely one-sided. 
Uh, the Rays winning all but one of their games in the season series against the Orioles, who, like, I don't even think have the worst record in baseball, or maybe they do now. They're sitting at 40 wins and 89 losses. Oh, yeah, they're actually, yes, they're very much back to the worst record in baseball. For a time, they weren't. I believe it was, like, the Diamondbacks were down there and even the Rangers, but the Orioles, uh, after going on a lengthy losing streak, yes, they are very much the worst team in baseball this season. And the Rays... Like, there's been years where the Orioles are down and they'll, like, split a season series with the Rays, a good Rays team. So to see them go, I believe it was, like, 17-1 and or 18-1 and against Baltimore, really promising, taking advantage of those opportunities, banking those wins, which has helped them build what is now a six-game lead over the New York Yankees in the American League East. Boston uh, comes into this series that they'll play this week against the Rays trailing in the division by eight games and their lead in the um, American League wildcard is shrinking as Oakland beat the Yankees last night. Uh, and, and it's going to make for a really interesting four game set between the Rays and Red Sox at Tropicana field. Um, as, as the pennant chase really starts to heat up, the Yankees have been red hot and have probably been, I'll say it, even after their 13-game winning streak, still in that span, maybe the second-best team in baseball behind the Tampa Bay Rays. And that's why they really weren't able to make up any ground during that time. But another part of that is, early on in the season, the Rays banked a ton of wins, had a huge lead against the Yankees. So now the Yankees, maybe they're getting healthy, maybe the pieces they added at the deadline are really helping. But you've got an uphill battle to to fight now uh, with that huge deficit against the Rays. So it's going to be an interesting month of September. It would take, honestly, I think it would take a massive collapse from the Rays to not win the division at this point. What you want to get to is where it's not dependent on those last three games between the Rays and Yankees to close the series. Now, I think that would be extremely exciting for baseball fans and well, for Yankees fans if they mount that comeback to bring it within two games, if they, they gain four games on the Rays going into that series and a sweep would give them the division. Because um, as of, like if, if it goes in, it's a three-game deficit still for the Yankees. They would have to sweep to then force a tiebreaker. But the, you know, the ball is in the Rays' court. They don't have to do much to seal the division in the month of September. And it's going to be really exciting to watch them do that. They still have two games left in the month of August against Boston. This will this episode will probably drop after game one. So don't know what's happened in game one. Uh, a couple uh, bits of news. Josh Fleming is optioned to AAA and Brett Phillips added to the 10-day injured list uh, with a right ankle sprain. He went up to try and rob a home run in Baltimore. Probably came down a little hard on his ankle or got caught on the wall somewhere. Um, woke up feeling sore, the Rays placed him on the 10-day IL. Now, again, I'm sure that is a legitimate injury. I'm not doubting that. Um, I don't know if that injury is enough to make Brett Phillips unable to play for 10 days, and it could very much be a case of the Rays saying, okay, you're already going to miss a couple of games with a sore ankle. Let's put you on the 10-day IL, get you rested up. When you come back, you'll be fully rested and, and ready to go for this home stretch of the season. So they bring up J.P. Fireyes and they activate him off the injured list, and they also call up Dietrich Enns. So later on, in just a little bit, you're going to hear Ian and I talk about both Fleming and Dietrich Enns and what their roles were going to be in September. We kind of speculated that you could see Fleming go down. I mean, he'd kind of been bumped out of the rotation, pitching out of the bullpen, and he has three options left. So bring him back down to Durham. Don't know what Fleming's role is going to be for the rest of the year. 
I assume at some point we'll see him back at the big league roster, whether that be to just eat up some more innings or to you know slide into a, a, a rotation role, although that seems unlikely with Chris Archer now back. He went four innings, pitched pretty well uh, over the weekend. That the, the roster or the rotation spots are really kind of shrinking, again, with the um, Drew Rasmussen's now really joining the rotation and being able to give the Rays some length. Uh, you've still got Michael Walker there, Luis Patino, obviously Shane McClanahan and Ryan Yarbrough are kind of the the mainstays in the rotation at that point or at this point. So Fleming, uh, yeah, it helps that he has options. He's had a bit of a bumpy year this year, um, but um, I, I think the Rays are are still still view him as a valuable piece and, and maybe even a valuable piece this season. We'll see Dietrich Enns come up. So yeah, just kind of prefacing that for the discussion I'm going to have with Ian because we talk about Fleming as if, as if he's still on the roster or on the big league roster, and we, we talk about ends as if he's still in AAA, but they have now swapped after today's news. Um, going into this week, like I said, it's a four-game set for the Rays against Boston at home um, and a chance to really bury the Red Sox. They're already eight games up over the third-place Red Sox. I mean, if you sweep, they're 12 games out of the division, and they're you know essentially eliminated from the division contention. If you win three out of four, you know you really are burying the Red Sox at that point. Again, in, in terms of what you know would be a bad scenario for the Rays, a split series doesn't bother me at all. Even if you lose three out of four, it doesn't bother me at all. Don't expect that to happen. Um, the Rays are pitching really well, and the offense is the best in the big leagues. They score more runs per game than any other team across both leagues. And the offense is you know, coming off another good week against Philadelphia and Baltimore. I expect that to continue against the Red Sox. I am interested to see Chris Sale this week. Um, it'll be the first time that he faces the Rays again since coming off the IL, dealing with his Tommy John surgery. And uh, he should pitch Wednesday's game um, at the Trop. Uh, I believe the pitching matchups for the Rays. Let's take a look uh, on roster resource, ironically. Uh, <laughs> given the, the discussions I've had over the past week, yes, I still use roster resource. It's a huge help in terms of following the team and fo- following teams across baseball that's not an ad that's just i like using their site uh, on fan so it should be it'll be luis patino on monday night ryan yarbrough on tuesday drew rasmussen on wednesday and shane mcclanahan on thursday really excited to see shane mcclanahan against the red sox and again pitching is still pretty fluid with the rays um, so they'll have the red sox in for four games and then the minnesota twins for three games over the weekend before they head out for a lengthy road trip against boston detroit and toronto uh, again, yeah, you'd like to win both of these series, but if you split against Boston and even if you lose two out of three against Minnesota like they did on the road, again, you you want to win those series, but the Rays have built a cushion uh, to where they, they don't need to be sweeping series or taking two out of three every series uh, in terms of fans. You don't need to be worried if, they, if the Twins come in and take two out of three. I don't expect that to happen, but who knows? It's baseball, and you're going to have guys like Michael Walker and Chris Archer on the mound over the weekend, and they're still wild cards at this point. Um, yeah, taking a look, uh, Wander Franco, uh, again, I know there was like some struggles, I guess, at the beginning, first few weeks for him. He has really turned that around. He has now appeared in 52 games for the Rays and has a 119 WRC+. Plus, so that means he is hitting 19% better than the league average player. Um, batting average 274 on base percentage 336 he's hit six home runs 
and he's only striking out at a 14.8% rate, and that is going down. The strikeout rate was up for him early on, uh, a lot higher than it was in the minors, which is to be expected. You're facing big league pitching, uh, but that strikeout rate is going down. Mike Petriello put out a great piece on MLB.com kind of chronicling Wander Franco's uh, hot streak over the last month. He's been one of the best hitters in the game. We, we, we expected this out of him at some point. There was a little bit of a learning curve uh, the first few weeks, uh, as as you'd expect for any like 20-year-old big leaguer. So really excited to see what Wander Franco has been able to accomplish in a Rays uniform. And he is just going to be, uh, yeah, a mainstay, obviously, in this team for hopefully a while. Uh, Brandon Lau still performing at a great rate. His second half has been one of the best in the big leagues. His first half wasn't even that bad. Uh, Austin Meadows, Randy Rosarena, Joey Wendell, all been red hot. And uh, even getting some production at Jordan Luplo, even against right-handed pitching, he had a huge home run in Baltimore off the top of the foul pole. Um, it sucks to lose Brett Phillips for a few weeks. We still don't know. I mean, as of now, with the moves they made today, wasn't a new pitcher um, or wasn't a new position player added. If they do add one at some point in this homestand, my guess is Vidal Brujan. I know a lot of fans are going to be clamoring for Josh Lowe, and that's okay. Don't think his time on the big league roster is going to happen this year. Could be Taylor Walls. Could be, uh, I I guess, like Mike Brasso. uh, But if I had to guess, it would be Vidal Brujan. Uh, That's pretty much uh, it in terms of Ray's news from the last week and and previewing this week. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to uh, my conversation that I recorded a few hours ago with Ian Malinowski. Before that, we're going to take a quick break. And now joining the show, good friend Ian Malinowski. Ian, it's been a while since you've been on Raise Your Voice. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's, it's nice nice to be back on. Uh, but Ian, there's been a, a kind of a, a discussion in the last week or two about the Rays pitching staff and the way they choose to use pitchers when they're on the roster and then use them uh, on the shuttle between the big leagues and Durham. And obviously the Rays have a lot of pitchers on the injured list right now. Some of this we expected going from a 60-game season to a 162-game season. Uh, But right now, the total number of pitchers on the IL sits at 14. And obviously, that's a large number. But there are more reasons that the number is that big other than just the Rays have had a lot of pitching injuries this year. Like, that's an already inflated number, right? Right. I mean, the Rays Rays came came into the season with with a number of pitchers already recovering from various um, elbow, shoulder, et cetera, injuries. Um, And if, if you're asking the question about whether, whether the Rays pitcher usage is, is, is hurting players um, that, I mean, you can't totally discount those guys. They, some of them, some of them were, were, were in the race previously. Some, some uh, Johnson uh, pitched, pitched what, three, three innings for the Rays and, and then blowed his arm. So, so, so there's a more nuanced picture of where each injury is coming from, but, but it, it's definitely a lot of pitchers. There's been a, um, a somewhat heated Twitter discussion about this, and, and I find the contents of it annoying um, in some <laughs> ways, but, but I, I do think it's, it's an important discussion to be having because the, um, the Rays are out in front of, of, of baseball with their pitcher usage and their, their reliever usage um, in many ways, um, but it's not just a Rays story. Like What the Rays are doing is the story of modern baseball. Um, they're out in front by, by maybe a couple years. Maybe not every team follows all the way there, but, but, but the league is going this way. 
So it's important to have a, a an actual good uh, detailed fact-based discussion of it. And to that end, I do think it, it's our important as journalists, as hobbyist journalists to uh, to, to, to actually be paying attention and, and, and try, try and figure this out. Because if, if we aren't, then honestly, nobody else is paying attention. So, okay, so, so, so here's, here's, here's a question for you, Brett. Who led the league in reliever usage um, in say 2016 or 2017? 2016 or 17, I, I don't think it would be the Rays yet at that point. If I had to guess 2016, 2017, the San Francisco. Uh, possible. It's not important. It's a okay. <laughs> rhetorical question. The, 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 the answer is, is you can't actually tell. Um, if, if, if we jump ahead to, 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 to 2018 to, 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 to 2019, um, and, and you just want to answer the very simple question of whose relievers pitched the most in it, innings you cannot tell. You cannot pull up on Fangraphs and, and be referenced right. the, the answer to this question because as as the Rays and other teams have 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 shifted and and blurred blurred roles, the um the the public domain stat, stats repositories haven't kept up with that. There's 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 um there's no way to filter out to call openers relievers. There's no way to filter out to call um um to call a guy pitching seven innings starting in the second inning to call him a starter. Um, bulk guys, there's, there's a gray area. If you're pitching three innings, four innings, are you a starter? Are you a reliever? If you're on, if you're on a five, five man schedule doing that, um, there's a need for a systematic way of documenting and covering this. And that, that just doesn't exist right now. So, so that's, that's a part of the problem with this discussion is, is almost nobody doing it in the public domain actually has good data on it. And, and I think because, in, and so one of the, there was a lot of claims being made on Twitter and it's like, okay, there's a discussion to be had here. Like you said, the, the tricky part is finding the evidence to have that discussion or to make these, these really strong claims about the way the Rays operate amongst other teams across baseball. And because if you look right at team reliever innings in 2018 and 2019, the Rays are top of the league. And it's pretty clear why they implemented the opener in 2018. You had guys like Ryan Stanek or Sergio Romo going one inning, and then Ryan Yarbrough, who had a really, you know, really great couple of years, going six, seven, sometimes even eight innings out of the bullpen, and that's going to obviously inflate team relief innings. Is there a way right now that you think that in the, the other important, I think, note here is that there's been a rule change recently in baseball. Uh, used to bring, be able to bring in a reliever for to just face one batter. Now, every time they enter the game, they have to face at least three batters unless they end an inning. Uh, they have to be replaced um, at the start of the next inning. So is there a way, a better way right now than just totaling up innings to look into reliever usage? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there are, there are, there are many ways. Um, um, a person, a person, should be t totaling up those, those innings, and there's there, there's a lot of a lot of work to be done there in, in proper tagging. That's that that's a good a good place to to spend one's time I've, if one is looking for a place to spend time working on baseball stats. The, the thing I, I I've done I've done so far, and 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 this is kind of a teaser for, for an upcoming article or or a series of articles, is I've 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 bring it down to be looking at at appearances and and dates of appearances. The impetus that that got that got me thinking about this is 
Brad, if you remember, there's a game in 2020. It was it was the game when before Kittredge blew out his arm as as, as a starter. So Kittredge got the save against the Red Sox. Um, it was it was the tough right-handed Red Sox lineup. Um, it was a real white knuckled nail nail biting save. And and the weird thing about it is that Nick Anderson was totally rested in the bullpen waiting to pitch. Cash used Kittredge instead. Um, didn't make any sense. Um, Kittredge then went and, and, and opened, opened the next day, hurt his arm, um, went on the shelf, came back awesome. That's a separate story. <laughs> but late in that game, um, Nick Anderson pitched to close out a six-run lead because he needed work. So he was totally available before, and instead Cash chose, chose, chose Kitt. Why? That's the, um, the sort of interesting nuance in, in how the Rays have, have shifted their reliever workload is there's this question of how do you proactively get ahead of, of workload? And I think it, it's about trying to avoid too many back-to-back appearances. So when a team wins a lot of games, its best relievers get, get called a lot because usually usually in close wins, you're throwing your, your, your best relievers. That creates extra, extra strain, extra appearance strain on those, those top, t- top relievers. One of the antidotes to this is you need to use your less good relievers in the situations where they're best suited. So at that point, Andrew, Andrew Kittredge is a real right-handed specialist, sinker, sinker slider, not great against lefties, Good at dangling, dangling his his slider off of the corner against against righties. Um, so, because of the shape of the Red Sox lineup there, it was the time that Kit was best suited to close uh, to close out out a game. So he was used instead of Anderson, who was suited to close out a game at any time. So that's that's the the hypothesis. Um, I, I started looking at um, at the dates of of pitcher appearances. And taking t- taking stock of how many back to backs a team and a team of relievers doing, how many times they pitched three days in a row, how many pitch they, times they pitched three days, three times in four days, four times in five days, etc. This is where the the really interesting sort of shift has taken place, which is that the in 2019 the Rays absolutely led the league in in like every every type of pitcher appearance clumping. They had the most appearances overall, the most back-to-backs, the most, the most of, of every, every kind of load. If you're looking for the way that, that the Rays are, the Rays way is hurting relievers, you should, be, you should be checking out 29 public service announcement to everyone out there. The other side of that is, is that the heaviest load was on, on Adam Kolarek and Ch- Ch- Chaz Rowe, who were, who were working as a a loogie roogie tandem. So a lot of those those appearances raising raising the raised load are one outs, two outs, which you obviously can't do anymore with the three batter minimum rule. So that was the last run of that usage. I'm not not a doctor. I'm not a biomechanicist. So I, I, I'm not going to say whether that that type of usage was, was act, actively bad for arms or whether lower innings, lower lower pitch counts, sort of mitigate the back-to-back strain. What I can say is that that usage after 29 has shifted so that as of right now, 
in 2021, the Rays are one of the teams that is at the bot that are at the bottom of the league in terms of back-to-back -back appearances, three in a row, three and four, four and five. The reason for that is is, is a, a very intentional shift where where they're they have a lot of relievers who they will ask to pitch two innings now. If you pitch two innings, you're 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 rested for for, for some some amount after that. So it's a different spread in innings. That in 29, it was very much about short stints with 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 many back-to-back -back innings. In 2021, they've shifted to to totally different approach of longer stints, fewer back-to-backs. And part of that has to be, I guess, part of that is because they have a, this shuttle going back and forth between the big leagues and Durham. You look at a guy like Chris Mazza, who at the beginning of the season when they acquired him in that Ronaldo Hernandez trade, they said not only do the Rays probably think Chris Mazza is valuable, they think he's valuable because he has options. He's been called up and sent down eight times and probably going to have one or two more trips to the big leagues before the regular season is over. How much does having these, those guys on the 40-man roster with options help the Rays in being able to space out their pitcher usage a little bit more? It helps, it helps a lot because the, um, the, so coming after the, after the, 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 the pandemic shortened year, everything about 2021 is about counting innings and limiting innings. The Rays don't want any pitchers to go very high above their, their innings total from, from the year previous. It's not just the Rays. Many teams don't want this. The problem is is the numbers don't work out. Um, if you if you're trying to keep everyone on your 25, uh, 26 man roster to to a manageable innings innings workload, and that includes limiting starter innings, then you ha you have to make it up make it up somewhere. There there aren't enough pitchers on on a roster. So modern baseball, and this this isn't even that modern. Um, has 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 been all about um, sort of exploiting the larger forty man roster, and, and the Rays have have really targeted guys like like Maza, like like Head, who are honestly pretty good good pitchers, and and have that option which allows them to be a major league player as a twenty eighth twenty ninth man. And do you think there's any level like do you think that's problematic in any way to have a guy or potentially problematic to just have players on your roster that you are, you know you're going to keep in Durham and then just be able to bring up when you need them instead of, you know, looking for guys, you know, letting those guys find opportunities elsewhere. Is, is that something that might need to be addressed in the next CBA? Totally. Um, I, I mean, so, so, so it's a good opportunity for some of, some of, some of these guys. So Lewis Head was, was out of baseball. Um, he was selling solar panels. The Rays brought, brought him back. In in, in 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 his first appearance, it was it was it was it was funny. Like like right. you, you you saw him, and and my, my my first thought was this guy this guy's good. Why is why is he out of out of baseball? So so it's so like that's that's the the catch twenty two in it, which is that it's possible. This is my 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 bias raised raised fans being, but I do think they are better at identifying good pitchers that have not succeeded yet than the rest of of the league at large the, the sort of way of this uh, exploiting this this loophole to keep a guy in, in 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 limbo and and expand your your active roster that way it only works as a winning strategy if you're able to find good good pitchers now i i i do think that it it um it's not fair to the players themselves it's it's nice that they they get this this the second chance, but bouncing bouncing up and down that's 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 not 
a good life. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't lived it, but I, I assume that's, that's not a fun thing to do. Um, there are two sort of proposals. Okay. So, so, so when a player is, is optioned, he cannot be called back up unless there's an injury for 10 days. Um, proposal number one is, is pay that man a bonus um, equal to those 10 days of major league service time. That way, if you have someone who's actively on the quote major league roster, but is actually bouncing up and down um, every 15 days or so, um, he should be getting a major league salary because he's a major league, major league player. The other thing is to change, change, change the option rule. The reason that, that the option rules there is, is to, to give teams and players the ability to come up, see the major leagues, go back down if they're not ready in their, in their development. It doesn't serve the players to force teams to throw them in, into the majors before they're ready. This is why every player has three option years. This is a good thing for young players. It's not, it's not a good thing for old players. There are old players who haven't broken into, into the majors either. This is, this is Maza. This is, this is Head. These guys don't need three option years. Uh, they would be better served if, if they only had one, only had two. That means if, if the Rays or, or another team identify them as, as a talented pitcher, give them this chance, but don't have the roster space to, to, to keep them up, let every other team have a chance to sign them. There, there, are, there are teams that could use ahead. Heck, I think there are playoff teams that, that had, could make someone's playoff roster. Let, it, let everyone else have, have, have a crack at those. Let, let the players find their stable team. Um, so I, I do think the next CBA should, should look at a different way of cal calculating options. Um, and I'm not sure what exactly that way is, but you want to give the flexibility for young players to develop while, while giving the flexibility for old players to find the team that has the spot for them. Yeah, I, th I think there's a lot of great points there. And it, it's a discussion that you could go a lot of ways. Like you look at some of the guys like Lewis Head, uh, like Chris Mazza, some of the guys that the Rays have DFA'd, Chris Ellis, and some of these other pitchers that have immediately gone and been picked up by another team. I think the, some pitchers would see the Rays as an opportunity to, you know, jumpstart their career or get their career back on track. They're going to get their work in AAA. They're going to get a sh the shot at the majors. Maybe it's coming up for a two or three inning outing. And then if they are designated for assignment, 29 other teams have a chance to pick them up and add them to their roster. Uh, but on the other side of that coin, there could be some issues with that, especially long term. I kind of want to bring this discussion back towards the, the current roster situation for the Rays. Like I said, the Rays have 14 pitchers on the I.L., uh, and four of those guys are going to be coming back. We think maybe soon. Uh, some of them have just started rehab assignments like Matt Whistler. Ryan Thompson was on his rehab assignment, but apparently he was hit by a, a comebacker on the leg. So his rehab assignment was paused. I know Nick Anderson's getting closer, and, and, and so is J.P. Fireyes. And uh, the other one is, is David Robertson, the guy they signed right after the Tokyo Olympics. He looked good there for Team USA, obviously pitched for uh, the Yankees for some time. Uh, they look to be bringing him up to the active roster shortly. And that means some guys are going to have to either get sent down and a couple of guys like for Anderson and Thompson, a uh, 40 man room is going to be, uh, there needs to be room made on the 40 man roster for them. 
Now, things get a little bit easier on September 1st when rosters expand. Right now, it's 626 guys on the active roster. That's going to go to 28. It's not going to jump all the way up to a 40-man active roster like we used to see. Only 28 spots on that active roster in the month of September. So, Ian, if, you, if you're looking at the, at the current roster, and in the bullpen right now, they have Andrew Kittredge, Pete Fairbanks, uh, Colin McHugh, D- JT Shagwa, Adam Conley, Sean Armstrong, and, and Josh Fleming is listed as a reliever on fan graphs, and I think that's that's probably pretty accurate. Out of that group, who do you think is, I mean, obviously we know Kittredge, Fairbanks, McHugh, definitely not going anywhere. Uh, who would be maybe on the on the chopping block here as the Rays look to add these pitchers off the IL or bring a guy like David Robertson up? I think Conley is probably on on the bubble. He's also the on, the only lefty um, at this point. Um, the I think depending on how you're counting innings, Fleming is is, is on the bubble bubble for the active roster. He's 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 obviously not going going to be DFA'd. Um, right, he's got three options. He'll be options that that doesn't open up a forty man spot. It's possible they could. Um, I mean, there, there's been a talk with every Waka start. Is this Waka's last last start? And 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 the past two starts, he's been very good. I personally think um, the Waka decision, if there has to be a Waka decision, should probably be be put off until the very end. It, until the playoff roster is chosen because he's one of the higher ceiling guys. He's been working through a series of injuries, a series series of rehab. The question is, is where he is at the time that, that the playoffs start. Um, none of these are, are especially good answers um, because the truth is there, there, there isn't a good answer. Um, I think Armstrong um, is probably, probably going to be DFA'd, um, off of the Rays roster, it'll be interesting if he's if he's picked up elsewhere. He's he's shown pretty well in his time here. There's two questions going forward. It's because the so the this this last month of the season there aren't a lot a lot of rest days. So there's this process of counting innings where the Rays have to make it through this last month without burning anyone out. Um, they'll want to limit innings they have guys coming coming back off of rehab they, they aren't they aren't going going to want 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 to press those those guys schedules so so the, the first question is how do you make it through this last month healthy and fresh because part of the story of the 2020 season is that 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 raise bullpen um the the, the 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 awesome raise bullpen the stable was not healthy and fresh at the very end end of the season and it it probably it probably cost the raise the world series so you want to avoid that once you get to the playoffs, assuming you have a healthy and, and fresh and fresh bullpen, the off days are back, and you can absolutely sprint through the playoffs on the quality of the bullpen. So that's 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 a different sort of counting innings question. The the um, the question there is is uh, the Rays have shifted to to this model of multi inning relief. It's how it's how 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 they they've gotten through this this season as well as well as as they have. Are you going to change that? And if you aren't, how many innings can you get from a Kittredge in a in, in, in a playoff series if he's pitching two innings at a time? What mix of two innings and and one innings one inning appearances gets you the most? Um, like you can you can, can construct 
this roster from from both ends by counting counting your starters and how few you want them them to go and then counting on the other hand your your top 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 relievers which is Kittredge, McHugh, maybe Fairbanks, maybe Anderson. If all of those those guys pitch in in one game, that's a that that's an easy six innings. If only one of Kit or 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 or, or McHugh pitches, that's 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 an easy four innings. Can you sprint through through the playoffs on the back of just that? I think the Rays are 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 going to try to. I think I think I think it'll be it'll be very interesting if if that if that balance of, of relievers works. Yeah, it's also going to be important to see how these guys come back. Like Nick Anderson, I know in what you know a couple of his rehab outings was still working on getting that velocity back up into the mid nineties. I know in his, his last outing. I believe it was Homan that uh, tweeted uh, after watching that outing that he was 93-94 with the fastball, which is a good sign. Uh, the other thing is, like, guys currently on the roster, even in that rotation, like a Chris Archer, are, how are they going to use him, not only in the month of September, but in the postseason? Because right now, if I'm picking a four-man rotation for the postseason, and this could change, I would go with McClanahan, Yarbrough, Patino, and, and Rasmussen. And now that kind of you know, blows the lines for what Archer's role is going to be. Is it going to be a three, four inning guy out of the bullpen or maybe as a starter? Or is he going to be a one or two inning guy where he can kind of empty the tank in one of those outings in a postseason game? We saw him in this last outing, in like the last inning of his outing, hit 95 when he probably knew that was going to be his his last time on the mound. That could be an interesting role for him moving forward. Um, but it's kind of, kind of just going to see how how this month goes before we start shaping the postseason roster. I, I think I think that that's that's the ideal role for Archer at, at this point in his career in his rehab as well. He was he was he was speaking after that game about about how how he he needed to get more hyped up from 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 the start. If he's if he's doing that in 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 the playoffs, I want I want to see him successfully come in. Throwing at his max max velocity um, out of the bullpen before I, I before I put him in that position to have to do it in 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 in, in the playoffs. So like over over the, over the, over this last month, I want to see Archer probably still on on his five day schedule, but I, I want to to see him come in in that way without the starters warm up routine because I think we talked about how 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 fluid the roles are, but it's it's fluid roles with people who have. Who have practice and experience being fluid in in in, in their roles? I think I think it's probably not fair to an archer to, to just throw him into that for the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Um, I liked what I've seen out of him. Michael Walker is going to be interesting, even if he does stick on the forty-man roster through the season. What his role would be, if any, in the postseason? Um, I think there's still value in there, like you said, a really high upside. Um, but this week, as they you know try to bring some of these guys back. I think Armstrong is, like you said, the first on the on uh, could be the first to go and, and be DFA'd. Fleming has options if they think they're they're comfortable with the innings load from some of these other guys that are back, like like Archer and Rasmussen and Waka. If they can go without Fleming for a little bit, the other guy on the forty man that I kind of have a question about is is Dietrich Ends. Could we see him DFA'd? We saw him come up a little bit. Was really excited to see him. Didn't you know? Wasn't amazing, but has, has still been doing really good work in AAA. Because you see him uh, potentially DFA'd as the Rays try to make forty-man room. Yes, I'm a really big, big ends fan. Um, he's also a lefty at this point. I think it's it's not clear to me what is the end goal. How how many innings 
is he pitching? Um, I, I think I think his his stuff has been has been inconsistent. Um, um, what he showed at at the major league major league level wasn't exactly what I was hoping for. Um, I was hoping for Colin Poche fastball at 95 miles per hour with a decent breaking pitch off of that. Um, his fastball is good. It wasn't it wasn't as ridiculous on the rise as 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 sort of the hopeful version of of ends that being said he's he's a lefty the rays the rays need need lefties um i think if i'm if i'm running things i i want i want to get ends up one more time and 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 in the, in this next month sort of give give him um that second look in the majors here to see like is he that playoff lefty um he might be he's he's dominated triple a i don't think he has I don't think he he has anything to prove in Durham at this point. But old rookies or old unestablished players going going straight to to the playoff for Oscar is a is a uh, an unusual and I would think wonderful thing. But I would want to see it here first. We kind of saw Ryan Sheriff do it last year a little bit, um, and he's still in AAA. I think yeah, I think he actually got the win last night for the Bulls, uh, pitching two two thirds innings. Um, so maybe he'll come up at least once more. The shuttle's still going to continue. They've they've still got guys with options. They're still going to try to you know be precautious here with this pitching staff, and it's going to be really interesting to see how the roster looks uh, by the time I'm recording again next week and what it looks like going in into the postseason, as it appears the Rays are headed in that direction uh, this season. But Ian, uh, thank you for for coming on and, and sharing your wisdom on on pitching and, and on this Rays staff. Oh, thanks. Always always happy to talk to you, Brett and that's going to do it for this week's episode of raise your voice thank you to ian malinowski for hopping on the show today and thank you to all of you listeners for listening today um like i said took had to take some time off for some personal things but raise your voice and the d raise bay podcast network uh regularly scheduled programming should be really back to normal as we head into the postseason and we'll get to bring back the instant reaction playoff podcasts uh, which were a ton of fun to do last year. So uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. And as always, make sure to head on over to DRaceBay.com to check out all of the great race coverage. I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>